Good morning, everyone. Good to be with you. I'm grateful to the Resurrection Leadership for the opportunity to share in the fellowship around the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus shaping us to be like himself. Jesus, even the Trinity, is salt and light. They, they've been doing this for eternity, and of course, in their the fullness of their love, that is going to spill out into the hearts of women and men and, and, and children throughout the, the age of the church. And he's brought us together today for an, another taste, another renewal, and another sending. And what a, what a time to be God's people. The passage is Jesus's declaration that those who, who are pure in heart will see God, and it is a blessing. It is as much an experience of the face of God as anything else, as any other shaping character that he is pouring into the renewal of his people through the power of the gospel. And reading the Sermon on the Mount, just going through Jesus's sermon, Matthew 5, Matthew 6, Matthew 7, and getting hit by it, getting bombarded by it. it. It really is, I think, his intention to paint us in a corner. Because on first reading, and if someone's not a Christian, it's a frightening text. It's a terrifying sermon. Because you look at it, and then you look at yourself, in the mirror experience, and it's like, who can do this? Who can, who can live up to this kind of job description for being a human being? The beauty of being a human being is spelled out in Jesus's continued description of life for us. But when you read it at first blush, you may want this, but you run away from it because you can't do it. And, and, and Jesus is so committed to painting us in a corner all the time so that you cry out and go, I can't do it. I, I need grace. I need to be rescued. Good works, my good works will never carry the day. And as that breaks us down, it is boot camp for being built up into the man or the woman, the young person that God calls us to be so that we can really be salt and light like he is. And this is the path. So blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. There's a great deal of noise on the street about who is pure and who is not. And I hesitate to even say this, but there's a report I watched uh, where a white person was telling a black person, I'm more black than you are. And you can take that at the political level, the racial, the racial strife level. It's, it's always been there in a, in a financial sense or just in, in beauty or athletic ability or academic ability. Who's more pure? They're getting into this passage, I thought it would be fun to get into a couple of stories, the man on the street story and the man in the church story, 
as both people were wrestling with purity and seeing God. So the man on the street. The man on the street in the New Testament reading is Zacchaeus. Why Zacchaeus? Because Zacchaeus' name literally means pure. And Zacchaeus is the type of person who represents everything we, we are tempted to hate and, and, and someone that we would compare ourselves and feel better about ourselves. So Zacchaeus, okay, Zacchaeus, right? He's a Jewish man. He's a tax collector. He's the chief tax collector. He has sold out the Jews. He is employed by the Romans. He is working for the enemy. And he is not only fleecing the pockets of the people and oppressing them, he's, and, and, and for the sake of Caesar, he's also lining his own pockets. And he has a, he's the chief tax collector, which means he gets to skim off of the minions under him as the revenue streams are flowing. He's the kind of person we would absolutely hate and detest and long to see God absolutely crush him and send him into the abyss. Zacchaeus, Mr. Pure, can you imagine dealing with the irony of Mr. Pure being the most impure, disgusting, revolting character in town? And you can't escape this guy. I, I, get ex I get concerned about the IRS. Caroline and I received a letter from the IRS that turned out to be a scam last week. And just those three letters just throw, oh, what have we done? Are we going to be audited? Blah, blah, blah. Zacchaeus heard about Jesus. Zacchaeus, in his impurity, in his network of impurity, was hearing about Jesus. He heard that Jesus was coming into town. He was coming to Jericho. He was going to pass through. And he wanted some face time with Jesus. He was beginning to be stirred. He was beginning to be sought. The hymn writer says, I sought the Lord, but afterwards I knew you've moved my soul to seek you as you were seeking me. It was not I who found you, it was you who found me. So Zacchaeus, using his creative powers, saw that he could get over the heads of the crowd by climbing into the sycamore tree. And we know the story. We know how Jesus locked eyes with Zacchaeus, and he said, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. I mean, nobody who is pure would want to come to Zacchaeus's house, but Jesus did. And we have this tremendous statement that, that the statement by which Jesus not only ties the bow on his work in Zacchaeus's life, he just takes the whole heap of humanity. And he said, this is what I do. I bring salvation to someone like Zacchaeus. He is also a son of Adam because the son of man came to seek and to save the lost, the impure, the, the dirty, 
the nasty. What a statement for this time, not only to be take, taking into ourselves, but to take to the street, because we are all, I think, very concerned about what's going on on the street. And it's just the end of July. We've got an election coming in November on top of everything else. What in the world is God doing? I think like Billy Graham said in a sermon, if, if God showed us the totality of what he's doing, we wouldn't believe it. We, we would be overwhelmed. But, we, but I can tell you this, Jesus, this is what he's doing. He is seeking and saving the lost, the impure, because his intention is for us to see God. We are made to see God. We are relational people, and this is the ultimate human experience, to see God. It is, it is our true longing. It is our true selves to be made and shaped and purified to see God. Well, that's the man on the street. This is such good news for the man on the street. We'll quickly flip over to the man in church. The man in church is the Psalm 73 man named Asaph. And he knows God is good to Israel, speaking of the church in his day, to those who are pure in heart. And then it becomes personal. Then he shares with us his testimony. And his testimony is, I preached a different sermon as I began to look around at the people on the street. And so in a sense, Asaph is kind of looking at the Zacchaeus people. And he's looking at how successful they are, how they just have such an easy life, and they're not pure. And he, as he began to preach this sermon to himself, his own little sermon on the mount, he almost fell. He just about stumbled because he was more and more being enticed by the Zacchaeus type of people. Uh, they, they have all their needs are met. They have security. They get away with everything. They're not like the rest of us. They, they, they are proud. They are violent. They are overflowing with evil. And they don't care. They have no sense that there's a God. They, they are their own God, and they oppress. Because of that, they oppress everyone who's around them. And they scoff at God, and they set their mouth against God, and they're sleek and fat. I know, we know Zacchaeus was short, but I can imagine, you know, he's a pretty sleek, and uh, yeah, he, he hasn't missed many meals. And the man, the, the man in Psalm 73, he is taking all this in, and he, is, he's, he said, in the end, I became like a beast. I just became like a non-human because I was beginning to drink from a poisonous, impure well called world, the world, and the flesh, and the devil. And he was getting very close for the full effect of that 
to consume him. And he was not, in the end, going to see God until he went to church. He was weary. He was burdened. He was starting to preach their sermon to himself. He was a beast. But he went to church, and he began to see everything as God sees everything. And he began to realize God does know. God does have knowledge. God is working. God is going to bring a judgment to this world. God is going to deal with everything that is wrong and everyone that is wrong and everyone that has set their heart against him. And God is, God is basically going to say, you don't, you set your heart against me. You have hate for me then you will not see me. I will give you exactly what you want. And Asaph, as he is listening to the sermon in church, as he is watching the temple sacrifice, as he is beginning to be awakened and his conscience is beginning to awaken, he just confesses, my, my, the bitterness of my soul is starting to open up. And I began to pour out my confession to God. And the grace of God, he cannot work himself out of drinking this poison. He calls out for the grace of God. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will receive me to glory. Someone like me. The religious man who got caught up in the, the ways of the world. You still will hold me by my right hand. You still will get me home. And it's interesting, you have two different people dealing with impurity and the, and the need to be clean. And those are very, it's, it's so huge that God speaks to both the religious and the irreligious, to those who think they're righteous and those who are unrighteous, to bring them to the same Jesus, to the same saving need. Because God is also seeking and saving in the church. But here they come together, and here's where, where Zacchaeus and Asaph shake hands and where they hold out their hands to us. And it's at the end here in uh, Psalm 73, verse 28, For me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge, that I may tell of all your works. And Zacchaeus is doing the same thing because he is inviting his friends to meet to the party with Jesus. And he's like, Jesus, he doesn't talk about it in these terms, but you begin to see the renewal of Zacchaeus, the purity of God starting to flow out of Zacchaeus because he's like, I am going to go to the people I have cheated and financially raped and make it right and pay them back. And my purity is going to spill out into their lives. Both of them being re, re, undone by the grace of God are going out to tell of the grace of God, the works of the gospel. This, this man, the son of man, the son of God, who is seeking and saving the lost. 
It is a tremendous place to be in this time, in the church, and then going out on the street to tell about the works of God in Jesus Christ. We are not about a political agenda. We are not in the end about uh, financial agendas or racial agendas. We all need to use them as launching places into the gospel agenda. If you can line up every, wherever you are in the spectrum, if you can line up everybody in your position without Jesus, we have done nothing. In fact, we have actually worsened human condition. But if we take the opportunities, messy as they are, messy as we are, and bring the gospel into these places, into these people, and all of the angst, and all of the angst that is to come. God help us be renewed and be reaffectioned by the gospel that we ourselves have been taken off the slippery, beastly position, or just trying to milk the world for everything that it is, whatever, the, whatever is going on, and to know that we have been made pure and we are being made pure and we are being shaped and formed to see god and to offer that at this time in this place to people who are blind and and, and lost in in all of the agendas that they have This is the time to be told by God, I love you. I am placing you in my family and you will see me because I, my agenda is face to face. My agenda is what I've always said in the Bible. I am your God and you are my people. And one day the trumpet will sound and Jesus will come and we will be changed in the twinkling of an eye and we will be with the Lord forever and ever in a new earth and a new heavens. So saints, dearly loved children of the Lord, there's a lot of noise on the street. There's a lot of noise in the church. And may God continue to shape all of us, shape you and all of us to be his, to know that he loves us, to know that he's with us, to, to put to death the beast, the beast and to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and to tell of his wonderful deeds and that he is ultimately in the ultimate final deed gonna get us home, raise us from the dead. We have our spheres, we have our callings. May the Lord add his wonder-working power and love in your soul to really be able to posture you into the people and the messy places he's calling you to go. And this is the blessing from number six that is on God's mind to be told to God's people. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. You will see God. God bless you.